it's Hannah from Echo and Encourage. I'm so excited for you to listen to Alana Van Deventer, a certified neuro coach trained by Dr. Caroline Leaf, share all about resources and tools to support people who have battled things like an eating disorder, depression, and overcoming a traumatic brain injury. Alana is an incredible woman and she is filled with so much wisdom and I can't wait for you to hear from her. Thanks so much for listening or for watching on YouTube. Welcome to Echo and Encourage everyone. Today we have Alana Deventer. Alana's story is about navigating through a childhood brain injury, an eating disorder, depression, and an endless quest to discover her self-worth and identity. Fueled by her faith, Alana embarked on a transformative path. She pursued specialized training and certification under the mentorship of Dr. Caroline Leaf. Since then, she has devoted her life to empowering and guiding others on a journey of lasting, meaningful, and sustainable healing and transformation. Drawing from biblically-based, evidence-based, scientifically tested solutions, Alana equips individuals with powerful tools to take their thoughts captive and renew their minds. Yay! I am so honored to have you here with us today, Alana. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, beautiful Hannah. I am so grateful for this opportunity to serve and just really share the, how good God is and how he's able to turn landmines into landmarks. For our listeners who don't know what a neuro coach is, please share what is a neuro coach and why did you become a certified neuro coach? I, I think that's an excellent question because I, I, when I get this question, I always say I feel like it found me and not the other way around. Um, why I'm saying that is because I have evidence for 40 years that I am not capable, not enough, not deserving. So for me to even just think that I am, that I was able to, to one, apply for it, and secondly, actually complete it was totally against my internal beliefs. So that's why I'm like, it found me, and it's really the Holy Spirit that guided me towards it. Yeah, so NeuroCycle, being a NeuroCycle facilitator, we um, help individuals. This obviously um, scientifically based, but what I love is when you take the scientific part, God has given us this, the understanding now in science but it always points you back to the word of god so it is how we take our thoughts captives i grew up in church i like you said i had i suffered with depression and eating disorder a brain injury and so for 40 years i had those beliefs that was created from past experiences and trauma and um so this is how i always explain it very simple and basic because that's how i love um, he loves simplifying things. We can do hard things, but just because we can do hard things doesn't mean everything we do needs to be hard. And so I, my heart is to simplify things. Take the science and simplify it and make it understandable. Um, so this is how we take our thoughts captive. Like I said, I grew up in church. I read that verse over and over and over. I didn't know how you do it. And so when I started the training with Dr. Lee, I was like, this is it. This is how you actually are able to access your non-conscious mind, which is the most powerful part of your mind, where you, all your memories and everything is stored. 
and you actually are able to take your warning signals, which is like anxiety and depression. These are only these are signals for us to explore, not an, an indication that something is wrong with you. So when we are able to through the it's a deliberate mind management process over 63 days, where we are able to draw those those warning signals out, what actually happened when we face what what is bothering us? Um, when we become aware of the signals our mind and our body and our brain, mind, our mind drives our brain and our body, this is the mind-body connection. When we are um when we give it attention and we actually like become um, intentional about drawing it out of our non-conscious mind, as soon as we bring it into our consciousness, which is, and I know I'm like going far ahead of the questions that you probably have for me, I'm like all in. Um, so we have three divisions of mind. Let me, let me back up and explain it this way. We have three divisions of mind, our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, and our non-conscious mind. Our non-conscious mind, I always... I love it because when we have the ability and the tools to actually access it, we get guidance from the Holy Spirit as well. And it's amazing. And so when we when we have take this mind management process, we access the non-conscious mind, the subconscious mind to explain the subconscious mind. It's like a bridge. It's a bridge to the conscious mind. So as soon as we get it into our conscious mind, the good news is that we can actually, this is where it's malleable. So we can actually do so and change it. We can reconceptualize it and we can change it. That's the renewal of the mind. Doesn't make sense. I said a lot. Yes. So we have to go to the non-conscious, but with a deliberate mind management process, pull it out, use these beautiful warning signals that God has given us. I grew up with um, emotions is something bad. And it was either way, positive or negative. I don't know if you were the same. Things are starting to shift and it's beautiful. Right. I was not growing up like that. My parents were all about expressing the full range of emotions, but I can relate to grandparents who. Okay. Okay. That's beautiful. Well done, mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful. So we, we, I grew up with, I'm an 82 baby. So <laughs> like emotions were, if you, I remember hearing if I showed emotions, which was labeled as negative. Um, then the question that followed was, what is wrong with you? You have nothing to cry about. Those are little, little things that, that was said whenever you showed the negative. And when I say negative, it's just because we've given it that meaning. The same for positive. When you celebrate yourself and you're excited and you've, this, it's the positive, right? Again, yes. we labeled it positive. Then there was this, um, the the comments that followed was you full of yourself keep it in it, you boasting you so either way we've learned to suppress our emotions and what happens is it actually causes emotional congestion within us emotions are actually only in our body for 60 to 90 seconds if we are still in it after that we're simply choosing to stay in it Thinking, feeling, and choosing. That's again our mind in action. So after that 60 to 90 seconds, we're choosing to stay in that emotion and then your behaviors will follow because thoughts create emotions. Emotions create behaviors. Behaviors actually just affirm your thought. So behind the emotion is a thought. And we have to, if we want to change anything in our lives, we have to go and change the thought. 
the renewal of the mind in the Bible tells us above all else, guard your heart. And when we look at the deeper definition of heart is left, meaning our consciousness center. And it tells us where everything flows from it. So mind, thoughts, create emotions. So we are very aware of the emotions, what we are feeling. It's a warning signal. So emotions, what are we doing? What are we saying? What is that, that self-talk like? What are we how are you showing up? Beautiful warning signals that God has given us. Um, body sensation. Remember, I said in the beginning, we have a mind-body connection. So you have all these signals, body sensation in your body that can guide you to the root, to the because, to the why. Isn't God just in the details? He's like, no, 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 there's always hope. Yes. I, when I say I'll never leave you nor forsake you, I mean it down to the core of your being. Um, perspective is another one. What is your perspective? It's a guide. These are all warning signals that when we take it captive, and when I mean with taking it captive, we have to put it out, get it out. Because when we see it, we can do something about it. So a neurosucker facilitator, to get back to your question, is someone that helps you renew and rewire your mind for lasting and healing, for lasting and sustainable healing, transformation, and habits. Oh, this is incredible. I am blown away and there's so much to unpack here. One thought I had was about the stress cycle. Is it true that the stress cortisol cycle, it goes for 90 seconds and then you choose whether to repeat it or get out of it, kind of like with emotions too? I, yeah, tell me what is your understanding of it and then I can, I can say what is, what yeah. is my I just recently heard that when we're stressed, usually it lasts like 90 seconds. And if you tell someone, hey, I need a moment to myself to work through this stress so that I don't, you know, take it out on you or repeat it. If you take, you know, that time to get it out in a healthy way by yourself, you can get rid of it in a healthy way instead of repeating it and staying in it and spiraling. Yes. So well said. So well said. So the stress itself it's not the culprit. It's not, you, that's a feeling. Mm -hmm. And you, that's why I asked you to explain because you give a different perspective and you give it in a different wording than what I would. And so sometimes people need to hear it your way and sometimes people need to hear it my way and then it makes more sense. So stress is a feeling. Okay. And that is that, that it's in your, in your body for 60 to 90 seconds. So when you allow yourself to pause and the power is really in the pause. When you allow yourself to pause, when you step away, you actually take back control of it because now you go, you can go back and you're not responding from that feeling. You are actually, you are able to shift that emotion out and you have more clarity and now you're responding and behaving from a place that's more, a place of clarity and peace. So it is 60 to 90 seconds. After that, you're simply choosing to stay in it. So we, again, we get, we get to choose, thinking, feeling, and choosing. We get to choose. Everything is a choice and how we view things. But I think it's valuable that we, we go and we ask ourselves, what am I feeling? Okay. So in that moment that you pause, you step away, right? What am I feeling? I'm feeling stressed. Okay. Beautiful. No judgment. Self-criticism and compassion can't coexist. Okay. So we... We, there's no judgment involved when we're like, I'm, I'm stressed. Blah, blah, blah. We go off. No, no, no. We, this, 
there's no judgment. And so we ask ourselves with lots of compassion, this is what I'm feeling. Okay. Why? And then when you ask yourself, I say the W questions, why, sometimes why is not enough, who, where, when, and then you you get to the, the reason why you are stressed. Now you're able to see it. Stress is another interesting, I love that you actually mentioned stress. I'm going to get to something that the studies indicate. Now you're able to see, okay, I'm actually stressed because of a project that I need to hand in. And I'm just giving you a very random, you can count on me for very random ex examples. Um, I'm stressed out about that project that I need to hand in in the beginning of March. Okay. But now it's only the 11th of Feb. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's still, now you can, it's not that, that urgency that you have, that you're feeling, all of a sudden you can now see it. And that's why I'm like, get it out. We have, but we have all these open loops. And a lot of the times, these open loops that we have in our minds is actually causing us to feel overwhelmed and stressed out and burned out. So you can think of a computer when you have all these open tabs, eventually yes. there's no bandwidth. Mm -hmm. The same as what we do with our minds. And that's why I'm like, get it out, take it captive, and then ask yourself these questions. And now you've seen, okay, it's, it's actually, it's not out of control because I can, I can imagine one of the things that you said, oh, wow, uh, why it would be, this is out of, I feel out of control. This is behind the stress. And so, so you see, you, you go deeper and deeper and deeper and you're like, okay, it's, this is the thing that's actually behind it. And this is how I feel about it. And now you're actually able to shift your perspective and you can do something about it. You can now go and plan it out in advance because you see, there's not a, it's not an urgency. It's not a now thing. And so you're just being, you're able to take back control of that thought and you are able to take back control of your life. Stress is also, I love the study that I recently, recently read. Um, they've done a study at the University of Wisconsin. And what they found is that stress, um, the percentage of people that actually, it increases your percentage of death by something 40%. This, I'm not exactly sure the percentage, but somewhere in the 40s, right? But here's the thing. It was only true for those that, that viewed and perceived stress as something negative. It's how we perceive things. Right. And you will always receive evidence of what you believe as truth. So if you believe stress is going to kill me, fortunately, you literally, your life hits in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Wow. So it's how you view stress. How God intended it is to actually help us to achieve and accomplish the task ahead. It's incredible. Wow. Your body gets ready. It's like all jacked up. It's like, let's do this. And so the emotion will be present because it's just getting you and giving you what you need. But again, it's how we view it. Yes, that is powerful. I'm uh, thinking back to what you said about the beautiful warning signs that our body gives us. I had a brain injury back in 2012 that really rocked my world. And I know that you had one when you were a child. And I have had warning signs uh, 
my body tells me, you know, if there's a headache um, or different things like that. And for a while I viewed it as negative. I went through counseling and my counselor told me, you know, why, why do you view that as, you know, negative? It's actually your body saying, check in with me. Maybe I'm thirsty. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. tired. Maybe I need an Epsom salt bath. And then throughout that and a recent healing that I had from my headaches over Christmas, uh, it's been really powerful for me on my growth, but I was stuck for a while with viewing it as a bad thing. these warning signs. And so Mm -hmm. I love that you said that it's beautiful when your body's communicating to you. That's beautiful, Hannah. Yeah, it's, it's a gift that we've been given. I think we often think we have to fix ourselves. If we have all these, I know with my depression, there was so much shame and guilt involved. And I was, I, I felt like I, um, I shouldn't be be struggling. If I'm a Christian, then I shouldn't be struggling. If I love God, then I shouldn't struggle. Or even I believe that my my faith was not enough. And that's why I had all these warning signals. At that time, I didn't know that it's only warning signals. It's not an indication of, of me and my, a lack or that I have to fix myself or that there's something wrong with me, that there's... Um, that I'm not believing enough, that I'm not enough, a good enough Christian, all those things, right? And God is just always, always guiding us and leading us. And he's, he's just got plans good. He's a good father. So he's, he's, his plans for us are good. He always, his goodness is running after us. He never intended for us to, to um, view all these beautiful things, which I, for 40 years, like I said, I, was, I call it my 40 years in the desert. <laughs> Wow. But God is just so good. And I can see how, how I, at one stage is like, man, if I, if I just, if it was just, what if, what if it was just, I found all these things earlier. Oh, and there was just, again, I was judging my current knowledge, my past version with my current knowledge. And I was like, I just realized that I was not ready for what I'm doing now. And so God's timing is just so, so perfect. Wow. So throughout those, you called it, is it the 40 years in the desert? (laughs) You overcame a brain injury and depression and an eating disorder. And you are a warrior to have fought those battles so bravely and with so much courage. Will you please speak to the part about uh, traumatic brain injury? Any strategies that helped you heal or tools that helped you heal? Uh, This is for anyone who's a survivor of TBI or has a family member. Yes. I recently actually did a a live with Dr. Leaf and I I think it's somewhere on my IG profile if someone wants to go. She's just, I mean, I I can't be Dr. Leaf and I don't want to be Dr. Leaf, but she's just got so much value and the host heart to serve is just incredible. I got a question a, a while ago of how was it to work with her? And I just, I can say that she's just as incredible in person as what she is online and, and the value that she, she offers. Um, so for someone that I didn't know that at the time, and she actually, while I'm mentioning hers, she worked with, with people with traumatic brain injuries and these numerous numerous podcasts that she's done regarding it and she's obviously the person also that that started 
that brought birth this into the world with the help of God, that you are not stuck and you are not that your your experiences is not what defines you and there's always hope and you can always change your brain. She was the one that actually started it. So I don't want to speak for her, but there's okay. a lot of podcasts. But what I can just share from my own personal experience. So there's a, like I said, there's a live that I did with her and she interviewed this 101 year old doctor, practicing doctor. And it's not even... Wow. And he gave three things. And so I, I always want to guide the, the viewers and, and the listeners to go and check it out. She gave, she's also got it on her blog, these three key things. And one of them I can highlight. Oh, I'm worried I'm going to give all three away. So it's like rearranging my thoughts here. <laughs> the one thing is constant learning. Mm constant learning renewal of the mind so the beautiful thing when we when the bible tells us about the new mercies every single morning we actually know science tells us that we have new baby neurons every single day waiting for us to utilize them for growth like that is new growth new expansion waiting for us to utilize them if we don't it actually turns into toxic waste so that is one thing that i started i my mission is to be a learner always always want to learn i always want to continue growing and expanding and using those baby neurons so that is actually one of the things that this doctor mentioned as well community is another god is god created us for community and that is the problem with the self-help industry it's very focused on self and we already have a, a pandemic regarding isolation and um people just feeling there's such a, a of longing to belong one and secondly to be seen and to be valued and that's really my heart's mission because for years and years and years i felt like i didn't belong like i i, I went under no one saw me and i really just that's my heart is to unite across borders because we are doing that yes and also create a sense of belonging and knowing that you matter you are seen and also Jeremiah 1 verse 5, the way God created you is so unique. He didn't make normal. He only made unique. So I want to speak into that uniqueness. And, and science, again, affirms Jeremiah 1 verse 5. It's like it's saying that um, the way your mind activates your brain is different from every other person on the planet. So there's no one like you. And when we, you are you and I'm myself, we actually bring so much uniqueness and also we reflect each God in a unique way. So we all need each other. And so community is another thing that we can, we can heal and we can also expand and grow and use those beautiful, beautiful, again, gifts that we've been given. Baby neurons, new growth every single morning, new mercies every single day. Yeah, and God will never leave us nor forsake us. But I'm not going to speak too much into the science stuff because that is Dr. Leaves all. But mind management, again, is, is if we want to change anything, we have to go and address our mind because our mind drives everything. Our mind drives our brain. So you have to go to your mind. I hope that answers yes. the question. That is incredible. And thank you for those resources too. I was just reflecting a little bit on my own 
experience with traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. And I can relate for a while. I felt like I didn't belong. I remember looking fine on the outside, but because it was an injury that nobody could see, uh, they were like, are you sure that you have a headache or Mm -hmm. are you sure you need to retake classes? So showing up to rehab, um, looking fine on the outside, but on the inside, you know, cognitive skills dropped or just not relating to my peers who were at, um, the, you know, great level of functioning. I felt for a while, like I didn't belong, but through time and through putting myself intentionally in communities like Jessica Shakir's uh, beautiful mind Academy, where I got to hear you speak on there. And then I'm in a beautiful dance community in San Luis Obispo. Yes. Yes. Healing. How do you feel when you, I just joined a, there's a workout fitness studio down the road and they only offer group sessions. So you can box or you can do weights, but it's only in group settings and so healing. That's awesome. Have you, have you tried boxing yet? I do box. I do box. (laughs) Wonderful. You are a warrior. (laughs) I love boxing. (laughs) This is awesome. Then going back to the eating disorder topic, I looked this up and according to the National Eating Disorders Association, 9% of the U.S. population or 28.8 million Americans will have an eating disorder in their lifetime. And one stat is that every 52 minutes, one person dies as a direct consequence of an eating disorder. So this affects a huge amount of our population. And I'm wondering, how did you overcome an eating dos- an eating disorder? How did you overcome an eating yes. disorder? So I think I need to add the backstory because I think that's what's, what all everyone that suffers with an eating disorder, there is a root. There's an origin story. And so for, for me, I just to let people in a little bit of um, my side is that I... And I didn't know this until I actually done my own neurocycle, found the origin story, which was so freeing. And I was able to see it and I was able to reconceptualize it and I was able to renew my mind right from the root and heal it. Um, That's another thing that I want to say is there is no standard approach. There isn't a one size fits all to healing. And to think that someone, when something works for someone else, um, and that's what the world is giving us, all these giving, it's giving us these quick fixes. And what happened is, or what is happening is that we believe that there is something wrong with us because it's not working for us. And I'm speaking about the wellness industry, the self-help industry. Those are, there's some incredible tools to it. Even with the Dr. Lee, another thing that she spoke about is the... It's like us, we have incredible tools. So it's almost viewing it as a, a, a plane, the onboarding, the flying, and the landing. So the, these valuable tools, I can't even, the amount of self-help books that I have, because there was a belief that I needed to be fixed. And I'm going to get into my story now. But I just want to say this before I, I go into it, because I think it, it must be said, because I constantly bought the next fix self-help book 
because I, I, I had an awareness. And so we collect all these tools and, and they, some of them are super, super valuable. But I think it's important that we, we start viewing it from this example that she gave. Onboarding is how, it's like breathing exercises. It is um, all these meditation. It's, it's valuable, it's tools. But, and then we, we sometimes skip to the, to the end part of it, which is affirmations and prayer. And you can add whatever tool you have, valuable tool. But it didn't go anywhere because it didn't take off the change and the healing and the transformation that you desire or the feeling you aspiring to. It didn't, this plane didn't take off and it didn't land because you didn't use the engine. I hope this makes sense. Yes. We I have to use the engine to actually create that sustainable and lasting healing and transformation. And that is our mind. Our mind is the engine that drives everything. And I've signed up for so many quick fixes and I it just fed into that belief that I there's something wrong with me. And so when we when we view all these, I think it's important for us to view. Um, why do we feel like we need it? Ask ourselves questions. Go deeper. So if there's a, a new thing on the market, why do you feel you need it? Because until you address that, that's behind it, you won't have the outcome. Right. So that was me back a couple of years ago where I was always trying to fix myself. And I because I picked up a belief at a very young age and I had a teacher in grade eight, eight, grade eight. I was still back. We, in South Africa, we used to have standards. So oh. I was in standard six, but it was grade eight. And at that stage, I already bought into that belief that um, what we focus on grows. So I had this beautiful tree. <laughs> not beautiful. <laughs> it looked different than beautiful, but that I'm not capable and that I'm not enough, like I said in the beginning. And my grade eye teacher actually at one stage he said, You're stupid and you will never get anywhere in life. And you know what? It was not him. Actually, I already knew it. That's what I'm trying to say. And he just affirmed what I already believed about myself. And that is just, again, evidence of what I believe as truth. Relationships, the same thing. I would always get dumped. And it's because I believe that I'm not enough. And then I ended up striving and always hustling because I, I had this belief created at a very young age and it was the way we were introduced at the, as a family. So my brain was broken. So let's focus on her external. And I, and I, I don't blame my family at all. They did their best with what they knew at the time. But we were always, I remember we were always introduced as the clever one. That was not me. That was my older sister. And then the pretty one. That was me. And then my younger sister. And so I bought into this lie that, my looks is what I should pursue and strive because that is my identity as well. That's my value, my worth. And so I, again, that external comparison happened because I felt like I was never measuring up and I was never enough. I already had that belief I'm not enough. And so that was bleeding into my behavior. 
Does it make sense? I'm trying to just, yes. again, this explain how it, what everything we're doing, there's a reason behind it. There's a because. How we're showing up, what we are doing, what we are saying. I didn't know it at the time. And so I was, I was already skinny, but I couldn't be skinny enough because internally I believe that I am not enough. So no matter what I do and how skinny I get, I already believe this about myself. And so it was really, really just a difficult, it's, we have to address why we behave that way. What a, why we, why we feeling, why are we feeling that way? So feeling again, it's a warning signals, right? Yes. So for me, I have all the evidence in the world of, of those beliefs that I had. And it was just, again, it wasn't even people. We have those beautiful things called mirror neurons as well. So we teach others how to love us. And so if I don't love myself, how are other people going to treat me? Sorry, Jade's snoring here next to me. <laughs> but so we teach others how to treat us and how to love us. And so I didn't love myself. So even my relationships was just evidence of that because we mirror that. So there's so much to it. And so we have to address that, the because. And it's so doable. And we have to heal from that place. And then we are able to reconceptualize those beliefs. We are able to stabilize it and we are able to grow it. And it takes 63 days. Some need more, like this, then you, you just continue another cycle. Some have really, really deeply rooted trauma. The funny thing about my origin story, and sorry, Hannah, I'm going on now, all over the place. But oh, I, this is wonderful. I share the origin story that I initially thought was my brain injury. When I done my first neurocycle, that it blew my mind away that that belief that I had, that I thought was was actually because of that experience was not it at all it was part of it it was one of the embedded memories but when i was able to heal it from the deep root i actually saw as a young girl so my dad is my hero he's in he's a lieutenant general in the army he's this incredible incredible human and my dad was my everything little girl three girls and my dad actually, he had to leave for training for six months. That little girl, my dad leaving, I thought he's leaving me because I'm not enough for him to stay. When I was able to, to find it, that's where it all, that was my origin. When I was able to see it, I was shocked, first of all, because I know now I'm turning 42 I know my dad didn't leave me because I was not enough for him to stay he was actually pursuing a better future for us as a family um they, you see the shifting perspective that happened when I was yes. able to get it out I took it captive I could see it I could deconstruct it so that was the deconstruction phase and I could find the origin story that was the driving force and then obviously creating all the evidence you see how the, and really what we focus on grows and then it just, our whole life is evidence of it. So we have to address, as my eating disorder was driven because by the time that I had it, it was, I still had that. 
I still had that belief. And so I had to address the root. And then I found the origin story. And then also I found myself. And now I, there's no, I am able, when I do feel that trigger, also there's another thing that I want to add quickly here is the way we speak to each other is so, so important. Are we affirming external or are we affirming internal? I remember it was always, so when I was eventually signed as a model, I, I thought that I made it. I found my purpose. <laughs> it was also my identity. And then so the only thing is it was rooted in external. So I was always fishing for external validation. Words like you look, because that was my worth. And so when I got it, I felt seen. I felt like I belong when I was booked for a, a shoot. And so the only thing of it, the only thing about it is this is not this is not a constant. So when you didn't get invited, or you didn't get that I you look, then I felt I referred back to that belief about myself. So it was like a roller coaster. And so if you can think of of identity as a tree, my identity was in in the in the branches. And you know the season, the 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 trunk and everything stays the same no matter the season. But the beliefs and it changes every season. And so my identity was linked in the top part of the tree. And so it was always, always changing. But as soon as I started addressing and healing and transforming, it started, I, I rerouted myself in my roots. So no matter what happens, I'm actually able to stand in knowing who I am. No matter what happens externally, the seasons, because change is inevitable. It's always, it's always change. We, can we are guaranteed of change. So for me, I had to go and actually find myself. And that's what happened. I found myself. The word confidence is also so beautiful for me. I, growing up, I always felt like I lack that thing. So I never would try out for stuff because I just believed I, I didn't have enough confidence. I need to always, again, working for it, earn it. I need to deserve it. I need to strive for it. And when I, with my own journey, I was like, what is this thing that we all want? this confidence thing that we're all searching for and waiting for in a sense as well. And I saw the deeper definition of confidence is for dear. And for dear means trust, once, worth. That is true confidence. And so how do we trust our worth when we know the one and have a relationship with the one that created us? And when we start seeing ourselves again, there's a shift in perspective then. And then we can simply live a life based on choice, thinking, feeling, and choosing, knowing that that part, it's done. Our enoughness is done because of Jesus. It's our inheritance. And we can simply live a, by, a life based on choice, knowing it's done. So it's a daily, daily choice that we make to show up from our truth, knowing that nothing that I'm going to do today can infiltrate impact diminish also nothing that i did do can do that 
because of Jesus, it's done, and I can simply live about life based on choice, knowing it's done. It's so freeing for me when I was like, oh, I can just choose now. Because that part that I was for 40 years trying to, to achieve and earn and deserve, it's done because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> this is gold. Yes. I'm thinking about what you said, where we've got choices and also about getting to the root and going to our origin story. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll look it up, or at least I will put in the description if it's wrong, but pretty sure I heard a podcast. I think it was Adam Young about, uh, our origin story, and then going back to the valley of the shadow of death, seeing what was at the root of it. And then from there, we can move forward and and have that healing. And there's just this rhythm and there's this way where we need to go back to what happened to address it. And then we can truly know what we've been redeemed from, what Jesus has brought us out from. And I've seen recently, there's some Uh, people that maybe have this Pollyanna look at life, like just blanket statements of I'm free, Jesus healed me, but not going back to the valley of what happened, really like unpacking it and then, and then moving forward. And so I think it's so powerful for, I've been learning, um, I've recently stopped, but I was in EMDR therapy with the bilateral stimulation to help reprocess the um, old narrative to the new narrative. And I learned that through that, not only, so my body will start to believe what my brain believes. And I think that when we go back to our origin story, then it really does allow our body to believe what our brain is saying. Mm -hmm. And then we are so much more free because uh, we don't have, you know, maybe those lingering symptoms of some chronic pain that might be related to holding it in our body yeah. or different things like that. So I just encourage everyone listening to to go back to your origin story. Yes. Especially with somebody trained uh, like you that can help walk them through that. Other, other uh, disciplines are out there to do it, but it is so much more healing than just saying, that's behind me. I'm done. I'm free. Yeah. It's what happened and how am I now transformed because of it? I, I love that you said that. Again, when we speak about the trees, like these these thoughts, tree, it's like a tree-like structure that's in your non-conscious mind. That's where your origin story. The tree itself has got an origin story. And you might have multiple trees that your warning signals are guiding you to. We address one at a time for really renewal um, and sustainable and lasting healing and transformation. The affirmations are, you just touched on it as well. Like instead of you feel broken and you just throw, a, I call it a hundred percent affirmation on it. Affirmations is again, part of the landing. It's again, part of the landing process. The middle piece, the engine is still missing. So I, I remember Hannah growing up and I was like, if I just say it enough, I will believe it. And I remember standing, I always show it because I think of it now and I just love that boss version of me. She's really what helped me to get where I am today. And I used to view her with so much criticism because she's the reason I'm not where I should be, would have been by now. But she's just a beautiful part and helped me to get here. And she did her best. She did her best to survive as well. And I remember just standing and viewing and eyeballing myself in the, in the mirror and like, you are enough. 
you are enough. You are it's like over and over. And I would walk away. I'm like, a couple hours later, and you're not you're lying to yourself. The thing what happens with one, it actually this damage that happens internally when we when we throw a hundred percent affirmation on a 10% belief. And I always describe it as you going into a workout center. You haven't worked out for 40 years, okay? See it as your mind now. You haven't worked out in the mind. Oh, Jet, he's kicking me. Oh. <laughs> it's waking up. You haven't worked out. Sorry, it's starting. It's okay. You haven't worked out your mind for 40 years like me. Now you walk into the, the space and you saw you, you see all these heavy dumbbells and you're like, today I'm going to pick up the heaviest one that I can find. Oh. And you walk in and you can, you're trying to lift it up. And so I'm trying to, to explain what, what it does to us. There's no way that you're going to lift that weight up. But we're trying to do that with our minds. So that's why we have to address the origin story. And I'm always saying, meet yourself where you are at. Yes. It's like a staircase. Yes, we want to get there. I want to feel like I am enough. But currently, I feel like I'm not. So currently, it's a zero, to be honest. So what is the, the best thing that you get? What is the next thing, the next step that you can believe about yourself that will help you slowly but surely build yourself, your belief way back up to where you want to be, to, to what you desire? And so I would start with the 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 dumbbell that's first in line and i'll yes. do a couple reps on that one and then when it's like i don't okay i'm ready i i feel like i always say do you feel it and you can even add a mental hook to it like what is it that for me my first affirmation we call it active reach in in neurocycle we have an active reach which is a sentence and also a mental hook. So when I see it, I actually, that sentence, this, it's what it means to me. So my first affirmation was not, not even, I think I am. It was not even that I'm learning. It was not even that. It was not even, it's possible. Nothing. It was this. It's okay. I'm figuring this out. That's love and compassion. Our natural bias is love. Everything else is learned. So when we see ourselves and we meet ourselves, we are at on our journey of welcoming ourselves home. I always see that my clients are welcoming themselves home. Yes. And so we we meet ourselves there and we have compassion. And yes. we're living from that place. Love again. Why? Oh. I'm tearing up. <laughs> I I see that statement for me the past year. I feel like now that I've been through counseling and EMDR and I have this new healthy narrative and I'm free from chronic pain and I'm yeah. I'm um, walking through this divorce with a beautiful team of support and women and people that view um, the biblical perspective on it. I am now, you know, up on the, the ladder, the staircase, but I see myself when you said that, that was me 2023, a big part of that. And, and then the love and compassion I have in my heart for that. That Hannah is so deep. I would say that every day. <laughs> it's okay. I'm figuring it out. Yeah. And then I was able to slowly 
move past that. And that was just, that's a beautiful memory. And it made me tear up. That's so beautiful. I wish I could hug you. Air hug. Yes. (laughs) We have to self, I said it earlier, but self-criticism and self-compassion can't coexist. Right. So we, we have to meet ourselves where we are at no shame and guilt. And when we do that, we actually start realizing, man, she did her best. Yes. And she's the reason why I'm here today because she was a survivor. Yeah. Woo. Again, hallelujah. (laughs) Yes. Alana, how can our listeners connect with you and what services are you currently offering? Yes. So I, they can connect with me on Instagram. That's where we, we, we connected on Instagram as well. Yes. Well, through Jessica, but on Instagram. So I try and be uh, very active in my DMs. Some days it takes a little bit longer, but I try to be active in my DMs. So that's the quickest way to get hold of me. Emails, Facebook, please don't go there because I am not <laughs> active. I usually just repost there. I'm not living in my messages in Facebook. So Instagram for sure. That's where I hang out, come and come and hang out in DMs with me. And then I do one-on-one and that's why I said there's not a standard, like one size fits all approach. And that is what I love about NeuroCycle is your journey is unique to you because God made you unique and NeuroCycle is a unique process. So it's not a group, it's one-on-ones. And so that's what I offer, one-on-one NeuroCycle facilitating uh, process over 63 days which i'm certified and trained by dr caroline leaf to do i did started doing um business coaching which is just <laughs> so beyond me i again i did not set myself out to do it but it's just how god leads us and guides us and all of a sudden you in it and and you just start doing it and so i run in obedience and it's so incredible for me to see all these individuals that's done the healing part. They've had always this desire in their hearts that God has planted there. The word desire is so beautiful for me. I first thought desire is something negative. It was also just a perspective and an old programming. But the word desire means of the father. And it's this Latin ideas that if it's in you, it's for you. And it's there to be a compass. And so Us. when we heal ourselves, we start opening ourselves to these desires that God has placed in us to that guide, that's there to guide us. And we actually, I am so grateful that this is the next step that God is revealing to me because this is how we serve others. This is the water that we bring to the world and how we actually quench the thirst that is in the world as well. So I am excited that this is something that I've been now doing every, my clients has been through the neurocycle and then they're like, it's something that I always wanted to do, but I was always the one standing in my own way. And I'm like, I'm here for it. Let's do this. Yes. The birth of these desires, everything, if it's calibrated by love, it will always point us into the, in the true north and in the, the direction. So it's love that it's calibrated by love, just not God's love, but the internal love as well for themselves now, because they started healing or they healed that part of themselves. And now they're loving themselves. That's beautiful. You are such a great person to be able to lead people in business because you did 
not only, you know, you're listening to the Holy Spirit and growing you in those skills, but let me know if I'm mispronouncing this. You won the 2023 official CREA Global Honoree Award. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I still thought it's just for the mental health space, <laughs> but God knew that there's something else happening and coming. And it's just, it's just so freeing when we are running in obedience i think we we are all called to not sit by faith but walk by faith and and it comes from healing yes healing Amen. and then serving i my whole vision or visual of where i said my identity was in the branches um it's all shifted now it's completely shifted and and i i want to just end with this and say to people because i felt for years that if i miss my purpose then it's it's a one-shot thing so i am what else is left for me and so i was always anxious regarding it like what if i miss it what is and i was always i always felt this this almost rushed um feeling inside me which is also anxiety that i need to find it i need to find it i need to find it and i want to just say that what i've learned after 40 years in the desert that because i was at one stage i was also a stay-at-home mom and in that season i felt worthless and in that season i was like this is not my purpose because there's more i think there's also this these in in um we always feel like there's more for me. So who I am right now is not enough. So I don't really like that you are made for more. Because if there's, I'm already more. I can just choose to live a life now based on that truth. But I want to say that our purpose is to love God and to love others. That is truly our purpose and we can't miss it. It's who we are. It's our natural bias. It's our wiring within us. Yes, there's things that happened and, and we, everything, there's so much that we've learned in the process. But if we step back to that natural design, then you are walking in your purpose. And I see now that my purpose as a mom was exactly where I was needed. And so purpose is different from calling. The, our calling looks different in every season. So I was, it was my calling as a stay-at-home mom for years. And then it was my calling to, it's like a vehicle. It changes. It looks different within seasons. And so I just want to encourage someone else that, because that was my, what I was worried about, that I'm going to miss my, my purpose, that I'm going to miss that one big bang neon sign. And then it's, it's lost forever. But it looks different in seasons. But who our purpose is to love God and to love people. And that's who we are. Yes. That goes with my my ending question is what's one way we can echo eternity or encourage others? Yes. Love God and love others. And how you do it will change and how it looks externally will change. But that's our purpose. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Alana. My heart has been just, oh, it's jumping. It's so happy to, to have you. I tried to 
to fit it all in and I might be all over the show, but I pray and believe that God will think with our minds and speak with our mouths and act with our bodies and He will He will take this. <laughs> yes, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your testimony, your story. You're glowing with God's goodness. And I've been so blessed. I know our listeners will be blessed. For everyone listening, please comment your questions, whether it's on uh, the YouTube version of this or other ways and connect with us. And if you have follow-up questions or you want to connect with Alana, please reach out to her. Her Instagram handle is... Ilana V. Deventer. So E-L-A-N-A-V-D-E-V-N-T-E-R. I don't know. Uh, it was too quick, but Ilana V. Deventer. <laughs> beautiful. Thank you so much, Alana. Thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Thank you so much.